Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> welcome, welcome, welcome back to my audio blog. Um, today, we're going to be talking about what I call surviving death. Um, you know, I've been on this journey <clears throat> for uh, for a while with my mother. I don't know if you've been following me on it, but it's been about my journey, uh, my mother through uh, assisted living, hospice, and then her dying, and then the aftermath of the death and everything that goes with that. And so <clears throat> my last couple blogs were about what I had to do, you know, the, the work after death. But now I'm finding what is it like when all and all the work is done, when all the memorials are over, when all of life uh, is trying to rebalance itself. What is it like? What is this thing we call grief? You know, what is it that we go through? You know, I <clears throat> I remember after my mother passed away, I, I was just a, a, a fleeting how do I put this? Uh, the image of myself. I was. I. I didn't even recognize myself. I was just like a shell in itself because I've been through so much. I think when you lose a loved one, or when you're with someone who's dying, you you go through so much. And as you know, I mean, the loss is great. So what do you do? How do you? How does it all work? And I found that this thing called grief was something that I really couldn't put my hand on at the beginning, you know, that first you deal with the absolute loss. And in our, I think in our society, we have this concept that, you know, everything, it's like in medicine, everything has a time period, you know, oh, it'll take you this long to get better. Oh, it'll take you that long to feel better. Oh, it'll take you long. You take this medicine and one week you'll feel better. Oh, you just had chemo. Oh, you should feel better in a month. Well, it never really works that way because it's so individual. And the same things with grief. It is it's as if grief is palpable. I mean, is this something that we can define? And I think that's the starting point for this is that you can't really define, you, you can't define grief except that it's, a journey you have to go on. And right afterwards, what I began to realize is that my brain just simply didn't work. Um, I couldn't make, I had to, I still may, couldn't make good decisions. I had to not, I had to be in a situation where I had to learn to step away before I made any kind of decisions, before, <clears throat> before any before I made any decisions at all, I had to um, <clears throat> step back because I was reacting. <clears throat> I was reacting to whatever situation I was in. It's because I just didn't have the same this, the same ability to connect the dots. And I think that was part of the loss. That was part of the problem is that my brain was still traumatized or was still overwhelmed by what had happened by the loss of my mother 
it isn't that I didn't expect her to die. I did. She was 90 years old. She had had a stroke. She didn't want to be alive because she couldn't, she didn't have all her memory and her faculties and she couldn't enjoy the people that she loved. So she wanted, she wanted to, to leave. So, but the loss was that she wasn't there anymore. There was this suddenly this empty hole, this part of me that I was so used to. And I think this is, this is common. You know, uh, there's been a lot of chatter about grief, about how it's um, something, you know, that I think Kubler-Ross had this put the, put, and it was great that she did this, uh, that she put it sort of in a box. This is some of the things you can expect. But it's became it's become the 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 way everybody teaches you about grief. Well, you're going to go through this, you're going to go through that, anger and sadness and depression and hope and you know. But I feel that it's more than that and it's less than that. Yeah, all those things are there. But what amazed me was that yeah, I couldn't. I I really had a diff. I thought I was functioning, you know, but I. There's the use, I used up all my energy. So I had to sort of, I had no resources, as my husband said, I would, I would do something and then I'd be absolutely exhausted. Absolutely. And I would think, well, you know, I, I, I should be feeling better. And I, and really I had to give myself time to understand that, that I had had this amazing loss, that my soul had been you know, that my world had in a way been shattered. It had been shattered by the loss of my mother, by the whole process that I had been through of a year and a half of being her caregiver. And, you know, there are many people who spend years being caregivers to their loved ones. I think of those who have um, spouses or loved ones, um, parents who have Alzheimer's or dementia, and how day after day they walk the journey, the changes happen. Sometimes they're subtle, sometimes they're profound, and you're constantly making decisions. And you keep yourself um, shored up so that you can make those decisions. And, you know, somehow we're given the grace to be able to make the decisions to the very end. But at the end, I sort of, I I think um, mentally I just, fell apart um i no longer and i think that's something that we have to accept you know what i i think today what i'm trying to say is that we we have to accept that grief doesn't have a face that it doesn't have a set of boundaries or it doesn't have a set system and for each of us it's 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 a journey to to make it to to understand the loss the sadness and what death does to us. So what I'm doing right now is talking about uh, surviving, surviving, uh, surviving death. You know, I didn't die and I didn't have a near death experience, but I'm surviving the process by which I went through with my mother uh and 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 you know trudging along working to get to the uh, to um some kind of balance um sometimes you know and each day as i my mother died in july and as the days go by i'm able to you know i have better days i have uh at first i probably had maybe one day that was a good day and the rest were like i just didn't i just wanted to pull the you know the blankets over my head and 
it wasn't so much of the sadness as it was just the exhaustion. And then, you know, I thought, well, I need, you know, that I need to get up and do things. Well, you know, I just, you just, I just didn't have the energy. Um, and I had a situation where I could, uh, I could rest. I could, I could take the time. You know, I work out of my home. I could set my schedule the way I wanted to. And I really feel that it, it's hard for people in our in our in our way of life or in our culture because we need time to recover. It isn't, you know, many people. And and, and again, <clears throat> I say it's different for each one of us. I think there are some people who can who can just move forward. Um, uh, who 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 can put aside all all the trauma and move forward. But I think even then there comes a time when it smacks you in the face and says, um, are you going to deal with this? <laughs> and, excuse me. And, you know, there are things that I do always to help myself with my own, you know, whatever emotional stress I've put on myself. And that's, you know, I exercise. Um, and I had to give myself, time to be able to even have that energy to be able to do that um i i think that you know i find that people don't know how to talk about grief and and people want to talk about grief because it's a uh it's like being on a uh, uh like crossing crossing an ocean in a, in a, in a sailboat and some days it's really wavy and some days it's, you know, it's calm, the sun's out and it's beautiful and you feel, okay, I can do this. I can make it through. And then, you know, with the, at the strangest moments or the oddest moments, something catches your breath, you know, a memory or a moment and you just feel, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, you know, or will I get through this? And, you know, I don't think it really matters so much what the relationship was. I mean, I'm sure, I, I take that back. It does matter because each day, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be, what it's like when you lose some, you know, you lose, I can imagine it would be like if I when I lose my, my husband, who is, you know, we are so close and, and so a part of each other. But I think that still the process remains the same you have to face those moments when the sadness you have to stop you have to stop and look at it and sometimes you can't look at it and you know you really I find that people actually want to talk about it. they kind of like people when they ask about my you know, uh, when I tell them my mother passed away, they want to talk about what it was like for them and what they felt like. And some people, you know, will say to me, well, I still have those moments and it's been years. And I say, good, you know, we we need to understand that, you know, we are left behind when someone dies and we have to deal with the immediate aftermath of of what it's like. And it's not the immediate and also the long term. What is it like to feel for for to readjust to the life we've known and now it's not the life we know anymore um someone said to me that a friend that you know it's like all of a sudden when you lose 
you know, your mother or, you know, both parents. It's like being an orphan. I don't know if I, I, I feel that so much as I, you know, I feel that that unconditional love that a parent has for a child is, is that person is gone. You know, it doesn't matter what I did, how I did it. Um, they were always there. You know, they would always love me. It was something that nobody was ever going to take away. Um, and it did, just didn't matter. It didn't matter what, you know, color clothes I wore, what color my hair was, what, you know, whatever I was doing at the time. Um, they might think, well, this is weird, but, you know, they they definitely kept, um, you know, it was unconditional. So it isn't so much that I feel like an orphan because I've I had 63 years of parent. Um, I just feel that, you know, that part of me uh, is over. And how do you move forward or how do you move? I don't know. I don't think forward's right, but how do you move part of you is over and I think that's what we don't really I mean people talk about it I mean I was just on Facebook and there's a group or Twitter I can't remember which one it is that um, You know, there's just something on, on, on Facebook about a whole grief, you know, uh, organization and griefrecovery.com, I think it is. I'm not sure if that's it, but something close to that. Um, and that's great because we need to talk about it. Um, one thing people do is support groups. I know it really helped my mother when my father died. Uh, but it's the long term. It isn't, you know, we can get, you know, I think that grief support can really help people get through the immediate shock of of death. And those are critically important to talk about it. Um, I, you know, and I, and I felt a little like, well, maybe people didn't want to hear about what I'd been through. And I had to like really look at how people, if people ask me, you know, sometimes when someone asks you, how are you? And you start telling them, they're like, well, I didn't really want to know. I just wanted you to say, okay. Um, but when you start telling them, you can see their eyes sort of roll up and, you know, they, they get kind of like, um, you know, they, they, they get off. So, um, so, so even today I was mixing up my password. Yes. I, you know, so, so even today I noticed this morning when I was doing my meditation and my, um my my meditations and my and and my prayers is that i i felt this sort of like un, un you know i could see in my mother's face i could see things i couldn't i it was catching me that grief you know uh i was feeling the impending sadness and and harshness of my of of in in my heart you know and so when those times come, I, I kind of like have to just step away, even, you know, meditation, all that's supposed to really help you. But sometimes I even have to step away from that and do something else like, you know, get up, walk around, pet the cats, um, uh, drink some coffee. Yeah, coffee has a has balance for meditation uh, and, you know, just move forward that way. So I've had to find you, you have to continually find balance. 
I mean, even today, you know, and even today, I also was uh, kept trying to put in. There was uh, for to send out to Facebook, and I kept putting in the wrong password. I kept putting in the Twitter password, and I was like, "Why is this working? Is something on my site?" And again, that's like a part of grief because my brain just couldn't couldn't see what was what was wrong at the moment. I couldn't, and and in that situation, you need again. I need to step away. So sometimes in your grief, you need to step away from it. Whether it's you know your meditation is making you more anxious, or you can't you know whatever you're doing, which normally works, you can't make it work right, and um, and you keep making you know you 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 have to allow yourself this moment. And I have great support. So when I started making these really like realizing I wasn't making good decisions. I stopped making decisions that would have a major impact on things. Um, Like if I had to make any kind of financial decisions, I would definitely talk to my husband, you know, or talk to somebody else, which I normally do. But this time I would say, you know, I want to hear it. Let's talk about it. And I had to do it when I wasn't feeling overly anxious or stressed because my nervous system would start and anything would make me stressed. And that's the part that I think we all go through, too, with grief, is this, the stress. You know, I would, I'm surprised at how suddenly I can become stressed. Like, just like I can feel, I can feel my whole body sort of like ram, it, it just rams into me. Like, I'm walking down the street, it's like uh, a gust of wind hits me, and it's stress in my body, and I suddenly my brain can't work, and I'm like, okay, step by step, you know, don't make any decisions. I keep reminding myself, don't make, and if I have to make a decision, a simple one, what I do is I stop and I say, you have to make this decision, step away in your brain, step away from the bad decision. That's what I've had to do. And that's, that's part of grief. I think that's the part of grief that, that we don't talk about is how our brain works, you know, or or doesn't work that's the amazing thing is that my brain it's like the part of my neurons the intensity of the whole process of my mother dying of the of all the work of keeping her safe after she had the stroke of dealing with all the issues around administration just letting all that go and filtering out of my body and allowing myself to heal healing well it's a great thing, but I think you have to, you know, you have to realize that it's going to take time. And there is no, I mean, I think about my friend who lost, my two friends who, husband and wife who lost their son who died in a, um, he he was hiking and he fell off a cliff. And, you know, I can't even imagine, it, is their grief different than mine? Is their grief deeper? Um I'm not, you know, I think grief is grief. It takes its form. It holds your brain. It brings stress. It makes you make bad decisions. It it, it makes you sad. It makes you cry. It makes your chest feel tight. It's all these things. And I don't think it goes away. Um, it holds you for a long time. And, and I don't know how long. It could be, you know, for the rest of my life, I'll have those moments. You know, um, my... Uh, doctor told me the best thing I could do now because so much of my my mother's dying I'd been there when she died the whole process of of dying and she 
she said to me, you know, one thing I encourage you to do is think of those events that you had with your mother prior, you know, take that image of her dying out as the main image you remember because it is the most current. Bring into your view other images so that it isn't just that image. Because that image, although it was beautiful and profound, you know, it was intense to see her physically, to see the whole physical process of death. So by my surviving, part of it is bringing those images in, remembering those parts of my life with my mother and my family that was was not just those moments, was not just that intensity. And I think that's, it's hard. It's hard. It's really, really hard because, and I'm sure my friends remember that moment when they knew, he, you know, the, the that 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 he was, their son was had died. Um, I can't. That image, that moment, you know, is seared in the brain. It becomes, you know, the 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 brain memory. It puts forth that when you say when you when the brain when you say the name of mom that's what comes forward and so you have to change that and that's a lot of work and some days I don't just don't have the energy for that work in my brain and so much of this is brain you know and and the things there are things that I do I try to keep my schedule in terms of doing my yoga and meditation in the early morning hours I exercise I do you know I pray and I I try to talk to someone to do something I work some um, and I and I and I try to continue to do the work I need to do uh, <clears throat> right now so I think much of what we need to learn about grief is that we need to bring it into the light so to speak so much of it is we, you know, we think that we have to just live with our grief and, you know, deal with it individually. That's very the way our culture is. But I think we need to open our arms and hearts to people because many people want to share um, their experiences. Uh, uh, my landlord was here the other day. We were, had need to cut some trees down. And he, I, he was asking how I was doing. And I told him, Basically, you know, I didn't want to get into it too much, but he started talking about what it was like when his father died and he still held this one part he felt bad about. And I thought, wow, that was like 10 years ago and still still this moment of grief pops up. So we talked about it for a while and we talked about how, you know, and it was really helpful for him to talk to me to feel, you know, that there wasn't this time limit because what is, you know, time is goes on even when we die. It keeps going. Um and I don't think we should limit people so much of, I hear people say, well, it's been a year. Well, what's a year? If you've known someone for 63 years, does it take a year to to get over that person or to get over the grief of not seeing or hearing the voice anymore? I don't think so. Whether it's been knowing the person for a day, if a child dies very young or right after birth, what does it matter? That time, it takes forever. The grief, I mean, it may... I don't know the answer to that, but I think the only thing we can do is continue to trudge along and and smile when you can and talk to people and do those things whether that make you happy, whether it's chocolate ice cream, whether it's swimming 
you know, my new thing is swimming long distance in the Puget Sound. I really want, I really love doing that. It takes me out. You know, I get in, the water's cold. Ah, that's all I think about. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping to swim with the seal soon. My favorite little Sammy the seal. Uh, and, you know, those things, we have to hold on to the things that ground us. Um, you know, some people like to cook, so cook. Some people like to sing, so sing. Some people like to read. I, I've been reading a lot more, too. I just encourage everyone to to do to not hold this grief as something it's personal but yet realize that there's so many people who are still in that place. You know, I think what happens as I said in the beginning is that we get over the initial shock. That could take I don't know how long that takes. It took me about 2 months to get over the initial shock. Um, and that's, and that's just the initial shock. And then you start, everything starts slowly unraveling and the grief and the loss become a little easier to handle. I'm not saying it ever, it's easy yet, but it's something that helps, you know, that I, that, that, that I'm not in that awful trauma. And you know what? I didn't even realize I was in that trauma place until I started to see it, until I started to let to heal some of that rawness and i think that's something that you have to allow yourself how long the time is there is no time i can't imagine again you know a shock such a shock like if someone was killed in a car accident or the immediate shock you know that kind of shock trauma of death there is no time there is no you know clock ticking you know, to say, okay, grief over, ding, ding. There just isn't. And I think that's that's what we need to give each other the grace to know that. So I'm going to end that to, right now. Um, uh, and to say, if you're going through this process, just know you're not alone. Also, my next show where I'm doing a show called Dancing with Death, that um, is part of, with Mary Elizabeth Parker, we, we're both healthcare professionals. We've, a lot of our work is dealing with death. Hers is a lot of pediatric death, mine with all ages. And both of us lost our mothers here. So we're doing it from both perspectives of what it's like as a health professional and the difference in what we're going through and how, what the process is. So that's on Thursday, and I hope you listen. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and have a great day. Bye-bye.